This is the Monday, October 25th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for tonight, including some Monday night football props. So settle in and we'll set you up in 10 minutes or less with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. Tyler Fulgham and Anita Marks with you, of course, on a Monday to get you geared up for Monday night football. Another crazy Sunday in the books. Some rookies going off. We had QBs reaching career milestones. We had a sloppy and wet Sunday night game that Carson Wentz and the Colts went into Santa Clara and won. And we might get some similar type conditions tonight in the upper Northwest as the Seattle Seahawks host the New Orleans Saints coming off a bye Saints giving four on the road to the Seahawks, a total that's floating around 41 and a half, 42 and a half, where you may be looking. So let's start with the game there for side or total. Anita, do you have a play that you like? Yeah, I like the Saints here a lot. I was texting with Mike Triplett, who, of course, covers the Saints for us at ESPN, and he does a phenomenal job. Just want to give him a shout out. Uh, This is a Saints team uh, that he's confirmed with me is getting healthier. Uh, both on the offensive line, which is going to be really crucial tonight because we're going to get into some prop bets a little bit later. I know uh, that, you know, I, I think, as you mentioned, too, the weather is not going to be great. I, I don't think as bad as we saw last night. Right, right. But still, it's not going to be great. So I think they're going to run the ball a lot. So it's great that their offensive line is getting healthier. Their defense is getting healthier. On top of that, with all due respect to Pete Carroll, give me Sean Payton seven days a week and twice on Monday night. Um you know, he's 12 in six straight up coming off of a bye. Seattle, as we know, is still going to be without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith, we know what time it is with Geno Smith here in New York. So, um, <laughs> you know, no bells and whistles there for me. You know, also, I'm looking at the Saints team. I know they're three and two, but I really think they should be four and one if they wouldn't have lost in overtime to the Giants. Um, keep in mind, Four of their five games have been away games. They've been dealing with a hurricane. They've been dealing with COVID. I think there's a much better Saints team than what most people think. They're 13 of 14 in the red zone when they have possessions in the red zone that they score touchdowns. And Seattle has allowed 27 red zone possessions this season. So I see the Saints getting into the red zone. I see them capitalizing. Uh, and like I said just a second ago, their, their, their defense is getting healthier as well. I think Geno Smith and that Seattle Seahawks offense is going to have a tough time tonight. This very well could be a blowout. So I, I'm, I'm going to lay the four points. I really like <sighs> the Saints tonight. Oh, man. I, what? I'm conflicted what? here. So, listen, you make <laughs> tremendous points here. And when we get to the props, part of the reasons I like some of the props were for the very things that you mentioned coming off the bye, I think, is significant. And I don't think Seattle is good. Let's just get that out of the way. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are a very good team. I'm not sure the Saints are or not, but I certainly think they're better. The only thing that has me kind of questioning whether or not to lay it with the Saints is a similar situation that we saw just last week is the Buffalo Bills against the Tennessee Titans. And it was just the Titans were what? six point or seven point home dogs in a in a primetime game and since this is over a field goal with a low total play volume will be suppressed you have two offenses that one really can't score without Russell Wilson another one that doesn't like to run a lot of plays that's just the way that Sean Payton is designing this offense now I my initial lean was to just take the points in my pocket with the Seahawks and say a road underdog of more than three points in a game that could be a little bit sloppy 
Uh, that's just the the wise way to bet it. But man, that's really uncomfortable for me, Anita, after what you just laid out there and having my <laughs> bias against the Seahawks, not thinking they're that good. So I will reluctantly, okay? I will reluctantly take the four, plug my nose, probably not watch this game at all tonight and just wake up tomorrow and see if I'm a winner or not because it, 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 it's one that'll just give you heart palpitations. I, I Listen, I do think everything that you laid out is great on the Saints, and I, I don't think the Seahawks are the better team. As a matter of fact, I don't think the Seahawks win this game. I wouldn't bet them on the money line. I'll just take the four points and think that it's going to be like a you know 24-21 or 21-20, maybe even a 20-17 a to 17 type of game that the Saints win, but it's by a field goal or less. The one thing I could say that's working in my favor, despite what you laid out about the Saints coming off the bye, getting healthier, especially on the offensive line, is next week, the Saints welcome Tom Brady and the Bucks to New Orleans. The Seahawks play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So maybe, I don't know if Sean Payton would do this or not, but maybe they spent a lot of their buy not really getting ready for the Seahawks, but making sure they had, you know, 14 plus days to prepare for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whereas, you know, Pete Carroll is looking at the Jaguars and even for a Seahawks team that's been bad, looking at the Jaguars is like, you know, playing a JV team on an NFL schedule. So I don't love my pick. It's just kind of one of those based on principle, a home underdog of more than a field goal with two teams. That I'm not sure are very good. I'll just take the home dog, plug my nose and go from there. But I, I do think the Saints are the better team. And I think he laid out some great points as to why they could cover the four points at home. So maybe we can find some more agreement when it comes to props. Usually we're more in line there. What do you like on the uh, Saints side? Yeah, like I said, uh, Saints offensive line getting healthier. They're going to have some more guys back on that line tonight. We just talked about it, weather conditions, not expected to be great. Again, not as bad as we saw last night, but not great. So I like Alvin Kamara over 22 and a half carries. You can get that at minus 115. Um, yeah, so oh, he, he's carried the rock over 22 times twice this season. And again, I, I think the combination of O-line healthier and weather conditions. I like the over there. Also, sneaky good play here. Follow me here, okay? Okay. Alex Collins, under 46 and a half rushing yards. He's dealing with a groin injury. He was able to practice. He is expected to be active, but here's the sneaky good play. Rashad Penny is expected to come off of IR today, and he is expected to be the featured back in the backfield for the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going under 46 and a half rushing yards for Alex Collins and the lines for Rashad Penny haven't hit yet. Okay. Because it hasn't been announced yet, but keep an eye as we get closer to game time, continue whatever app you're on, you know, hopefully it's, it's Caesars. Okay. Keep on looking for the carries, uh, uh, you know, the rushing attempts and the yards for Rashad Penny. I like over rushing attempts for Rashad Penny. Again, we don't have a line because it's not out yet, but I think that could be a real sneaky good play later on this evening. So stay on top of that. Same thing in regard to, to game script. You talked about it in regard to uh, the way that Sean Payton calls the plays. He's just, he doesn't have Jameis Winston throw the ball much. And why? Well, right. Jameis Winston likes to throw interceptions. So I, I get it. <laughs> Under 25 and a half passing attempts for Jameis Winston. He averages 20, 21 a game. And again, I'm going to go back to the weather conditions. So I like under 25 and a half passing attempts for Jameis Winston. And also that Saints defense is better than what most people think. They're going to get after Geno Smith. The Seattle Seahawks offensive line is just atrocious. So I think Geno Smith is going to be running for his life. So I like over 12 and a half rushing yards for Geno tonight. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down on that Saints side. I do think they limit um, passing opportunities with Jameis like they've done all year long, so I'm under uh, his passing attempts as well. Uh, Kamara, I, I wasn't going to play the over, but I'm, I'm certainly thinking he's going to be fed the football a lot. My two favorite Kamara props are actually going over on his individual rushing prop, 91 and a half yards, and his individual receiving prop, 31 and a half yards. And you may ask why not just do the rushing and receiving together because that prop is all the way up at 127 and a half. So Woo! there's an extra five yards that you have to account for based on the rushing and receiving line. I'll just play each one individually and think that he goes over because the Seahawks have allowed to opposing running backs this season 180 yards of total offense per game. And Kamara accounts for more than 80% of the New Orleans running back um, output. So just some quick math there. If, if the Seahawks have an average defensive game where they allow Saints running backs to account for 180 yards, 80% of that is well over 140 for Alvin Kamara. So that is well over 90 rushing yards and well over 31 and a half receiving yards. So I'm going to play both over there. We're in line on Jameis Winston. Anything you like on the Seahawks side? I, I'm picking up what you're putting down on Rashad Penny um, and Alex Collins because that was something I was aware of as well. Penny coming off the IR. They have more invested in Penny in terms of draft capital. So once he is healthy, I think they move him to the front of the line, so to speak, with Chris Carson on IR. But um, there was nothing I could really isolate on the Seattle side besides that rushing attack that uh, I had much confidence in. So if you don't have anything else on Seattle, is there anything that you are looking ahead to for week eight as we can never be too early jumping on lines? Yeah, listen, uh, two big storylines here, and, and I'm in New York, and they center around the New York teams. Number one is uh, Zach Wilson. I was, again, texting with Rich Samini, who does an excellent job covering the Jets. He said Zach is going to be out two to four weeks. He's got a knee injury. And one thing that – and I host Sports Talk Radio here in New York, and, and, and Jets fans have been calling in my show saying, why isn't there a veteran quarterback in that, in that room? Helping this young, you know, helping this young man, Zach Wilson, not only, you know, process what it's like to play in the NFL. Um, there's a lot of question marks here in regard to the fact that it is a young quarterback room. So uh, they're in trouble. I, I mean, it's a little, you know, a little bit too late to bring in a veteran quarterback. Sorry, my dogs are barking here. There's, there's another dog. There's another dog in the neighborhood who's, I don't know, but he's, he's trying. He's trying to get them to come outside and play. But. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah, man, jump on jump on the Bengals right now. It opened at nine. I jumped on it last night, and now it's up to nine and a half. I have no doubt that this is going to jump up to ten, maybe ten and a half by kickoff. So jump on it right now. Bengals minus nine. If you could get it minus nine and a half, and then also, dude, what is up with Kansas City, man? They are horrible. So um, man, you could get the you get the Giants right now at at plus ten. Obviously, Kansas City, their offensive line is is a mess. Uh, you know, not sure what's gonna not sure what's gonna happen with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. You know, word is that he could have come in back into the game uh, yesterday, but he didn't. Still, even if he does play, I still, you know, that, I mean, that was a pretty horrendous hit, quote unquote, neck injury that he suffered. He's not going to be a hundred percent. And this is a Giants team that feels pretty good about themselves uh, coming off a win against Carolina. So I like I like the the Bengals minus nine and a half minus nine and if if you could get it Giants plus ten and I even I I played around with a two team six point teaser I te teased the Giants up to plus sixteen and the Bengals down to three. Okay, consider those for week eight um, as we are already we haven't even finished week seven 
talking Monday Night Football, but never too early to look ahead and find some potential value there, maybe on those two New York teams or games involving the Jets and the Giants. Real quickly, I do want to hop over to the NBA before we let you go. And I do have just one prop in particular that I want to turn to. It is a busy slate, so hopefully I'll add a few more uh, throughout the day that maybe I can share on Twitter or I can share on our bet show. I can share on NBA Today uh, as the uh, news starts to unfold of who is playing, who is not playing. But one that I particularly love, the Nuggets are hosting the Cavaliers. They're 10-point favorites. But Michael Porter Jr. has been awfully, awfully quiet so far this season. They just gave him that max contract. They're building the team around he, Jokic, and Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray, of course, still on the shelf for a long time as he's recovering from his knee injury. Porter Jr.'s point prop for this matchup against Cleveland is just 16 and a half. This is a guy that had... Can, he averaged 19 points per game last year, should be well over 20 this year, especially without Jamal Murray. And so far, he's just kind of not been needed in the first game and had a really rough game, game two. But this is a great matchup against a Cleveland team that, while I think better, is still going to be an easy team to score on and a team that the Nuggets should beat handily, thus the 10-point spread. So the fact that we can get Porter Jr. at 16 and a half, that's probably the lowest you're going to see on him all season long in the market, especially without Jamal Murray. So even though he hasn't looked good, I'm going to pounce on a guy who should, if things go right, get 15 to 20 shots per night and be counted on to be the other 20-point scorer in that team, on that team besides Nikola Jokic. So I think Porter Jr. finally wakes up for the first time this season against the Cavaliers. And just seeing it at 16 and a half, that's just way too low for someone of his scoring ability and uh, his role on that team. So I will try and find some more NBA plays throughout the day, and I will share those with you whenever I can. But that will do it for the Monday edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Of course, a little bit more than 10 minutes when Anita and I are involved. The bets you need, as promised, but hope you enjoy it. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you're enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. And we'll talk to you Tuesday on the Daily Wager podcast. 